Coming Up is a podcast brought to you by the dedicated and diverse volunteers at 3CR. Just a quick message before you get there. For the month of June, we're asking listeners to donate to the station to help us keep going. In 2023, we're asking our community to stay tuned, stay radical. We rely on the generous donations of community to survive. Go to 3cr.org.au slash donate and show your support for community-owned and community-run media. Thanks for your support and happy listening. It is complete now, two ends of time are neatly tied. A one-way street, she is walking to the end of the line. There she meets... The faces she keeps in her heart and mind They say goodbye Tomorrow Wendy is going to die Tomorrow Wendy is going to die Underneath the chilly grey November sky You can make believe that Kennedy is still alive We're shooting for the moon and smiling Jackie's driving by They say, good try Tomorrow Wendy is going to die Don't plan on any second coming God got his ass kicked The first time he came down here slumming He had the balls to come The gall to die and then forgive us No, I don't wonder why I wonder what he thought it'd get us Oh yeah, goodbye Tomorrow Wendy is going to die
Welcome to Rotations. My name's John A. Tate. I normally uh, am here on a Thursday afternoon doing a show called The Sporting Record with my teammates, Em and James. But today I uh, requested uh, the rotation shift because I wanted to do a uh, tribute to uh, a friend of mine who passed away about a week ago. Uh, And that's Broderick Smith, so we just heard Tomorrow Wendy. Um, Broderick was a great, uh, well, many things, but he was a great interpreter of a song. So Tomorrow Wendy, if you're not familiar with it, was a song written by Andy Preboy and made famous by a band, I think they were called Concrete Blonde. Um, But anyway, and uh, Broderick did a marvellous version of it. uh, And um, a workmate of mine, Adam, requested it, so I thought, well, that's a good place to start with Tomorrow Wendy. Anyhow, Broderick Smith, you'd know him from uh, the Dingoes, you'd know him from before that uh, Carson and uh, uh, Adley Smith Blues Band and many other things around town. But anyway, passed away. I was actually on a cruise ship on the Indian Ocean, opened up my Facebook because I had an internet package and I uh, was quite shocked to see an announcement from somebody that... Uh, you know, Broderick Smith had passed away. I thought, well, that can't be because it was only a few weeks ago I'd seen him. My wife and I had both seen him and uh, chatted to him and he sounded terrific and he looked terrific. And we said that to him. said, Broderick, you're looking great. But anyway, he just uh, uh, went to bed and didn't wake up in the morning. So I guess that's the way we all would like to do it. So I thought I'd... Uh, uh, do a tribute to Broderick on rotations. I'll see if I can squeeze in about 10 songs. Some of them you'll know well, and others uh, others might be a nice surprise to you. So let's start with this one. It's Boy on the Run. He was running like a native across the creek. Singing in the field in the wind and the sun There he goes, racing down the street Just like a boy on the run He takes a stone and throws it in the water And watches the circles as they slowly fade
run that's a dingoes song from their first album which was just called the dingoes and one of my favorite albums of all time i've got to tell you that song was written by broderick and um with chris stockley providing the uh the music authorship and uh i thought i'd start with that one i'll read you a little piece from broderick's book which he produced in uh 2018 uh the book's uh a huge thing called uh, Man Out of Time. And I had a bit to do with it, uh, which I'll explain a bit later on. But uh, this is the prologue written by Broderick. The blues called to me like the American West and Bush Rangers. The legend of the crossroads and hopping freights and playing juke joints were as romantic and fantastic to me as Billy the Kid or Ben Hall. When I arrived in Australia, it was a paradise for kids. It was big, beautiful and safe even if the most, most of the smaller natural beasts wanted to kill you. The dirt streets of St Albans gave way to bush where we lived, so you could easily imagine yourself as the hobo blues singer. The railway bridge over the creek carried whistle-blowing locomotives, while the water oozed slowly into bigger creeks and finally the sea. I spent most of my life outside playing cricket or running across the creek or playing AFL football in winter. It was a great place and I was good at sport and I liked it as much as I loved literature. The concept of being in a musical group was almost as if you were effeminate. St Albans was, however, a town of music. You could walk down any street and hear somebody bashing away on an accordion or a piano or a fiddle. The local Catholic dance was the type of dance where you left ten minutes before the end and ran home as fast as you could. If you waited until it finished the meatheads would get you in the car park on the way out. (laughs) I won the school cross-country run because of that dance. Years later, I wrote a song about these times. And you've just heard it. It was Boy on the Run. 
He was running like a native across a creek, singing in the field and the wind and the sun. There he goes, racing down the street, just like a boy on the run. Uh, There's a bit about accordions. Down the street, the accordions are calling. Stay away, boy, there's nothing for you here. And he can hear the building falling as they're stripping away all of his years. I actually met uh, Broderick for the first time um, over another book, which was written by a different Dingo's member, uh, John Boyce, the bass player. And he wrote a fantastic yarn about the Dingo's trying to make it in the United States. But he couldn't find a publisher for it. A few years later, I stumbled across the manuscript and uh, suggested that it was worth another go because, um, in my opinion, it's, it's one of the funniest, best-written music memoirs uh, from Australia. Um, it's a yarn, so he stretches the truth in places. But if you can get hold of a copy, it's called The Dingo's Lament. My job with The Dingo's Lament was to knock the manuscript into shape, which was pretty easy, find a publisher, not so easy, and try to get the other dingoes to go along with it. That was the hard part. So that's how I first met Broderick. Uh, He mentioned to me then that he was writing something, but uh, nothing happened of it for a while. Uh, But I said to him at that meeting that uh, I love the song. Um, It was the... uh, um, it was the uh, uh, Broderick Smith Big Combo song. I'm looking for the album cover. Here it is. Uh, uh, my Father's Hands. So, because uh, it made me think of my dad. Yeah, my father worked all his life in the railways. And then when he was in his 50s, he was suffering uh, from arthritis. And they, they made him retire. And they, uh, he did it right financially because he had a really good superannuation, which he was uh, able to live on and you know, pay for my food and <laughs> activities uh, for the rest of his life. But as a 50-year-old man, he was shattered, really, because work for guys of that era was uh, almost everything. And um, so I told Broderick this, and he said his father's story was very similar, and you'll hear it in the song, which I'm about to play. Uh, his father worked in the steel mills or a steel factory of some sort, and uh, at the end of his time there, he wasn't treated very well in terms of giving his life and uh, really wrecking his body uh, with the hard physical labour and not really getting looked after all that well. So that's what the song's actually about. He said to me, people misunderstand it because he's got the line in it, you know, lucky to be an Australian. Everyone assumed it was a patriotic song about Australia, but it wasn't. It was about his dad, and his point was that if he was working in a factory somewhere else in the world um, and got treated the same way, it's still a shit way to be treated, but at least living in Australia, you could get by. My Father's Hands, Broderick Smith. Big Combo.
Hi, it's Grant Hanson. I'm from the Tongarong tribe of the Kulin Nation. And I'd just like to say that 3CR has been such a great supporter to the Indigenous community over many, many years. I started here doing the Koori Music Show and, of course, the famous Margrook Footy Show. It plays all the best music and it really supports people on the ground who need support. Keep listening to 3CR. It's a great station and the Aboriginal community really appreciate their support. Thank you, Grant. Uh, just talking to Sally, who I think is following me at uh, 3 o'clock, and uh, you might hear a few more Broderick Smith songs in the next hour. But that's all right. That's all right. His, uh, his catalogue of material is endless, and it's all top-quality stuff. So where should we go now? Uh, there's no particular order to this. It's just whatever order I happen to, happen to uh, organise. Um, I was looking at the Dingoes album, the very first one, and uh, we just heard Boy on the Run. But I'd forgotten there's another song that uh, Broderick contributed to, and uh, it's called Sydney Ladies, written with uh, Karen Tolhurst. And uh, he, um, in some ways, he wasn't a. Uh, what wasn't a huge songwriter in those times. Karen Tolhurst provided most of the songs to the Dingoes. But he saw himself as a lyricist. He liked writing poetry and, and clever lyrics. So this is a song about uh, ladies in Sydney, uh, and uh, I think they might have been uh, working ladies, if you know what I mean. It was that sort of era where they liked putting sort of sound effects in between tracks. And that's what we're getting here. I think someone's in the bathroom. It's coming.
Sydney ladies paint their faces. It's uh, from the very first Dingo's album. Uh, that's um, Mel, Mel Logan on keys. He played all the keyboards on, the, on that album. And when Chris Stockley was shot by a notorious Melbourne criminal, shot in the back, he didn't die, but he was laid off for several months re- recuperating, Mel Logan actually filled in for the band. So they replaced a, a guitarist with a keyboard player for a few months. Anyway, great song. I'd forgotten all about it. Haven't played it for ages, but that was great. Um, the Dingoes love playing at uh, the Station Hotel in Paran. You remember the one? It's in uh, Greville Street. It's uh, mostly apartments now, I think. But it's had a um, at one stage in its life, it had a a train that seemed to be crashing through the wall because it's right next to the railway station there. Oh, that's why it's called the Station Hotel, of course. But it was a regular dive for the Dingoes. Captain Matchbox played there a lot too. They lived just over the road. Uh, but there's an album that was put out uh, called Live at the Station around about that time, 1976 actually, in the 70s. And uh, a few bands played on it, but the Dingoes got a couple of songs. Uh, there's more songs from those from that night floating around, but the two that appeared on... This album of the Dingoes uh, demonstrates pretty early in the life of the Dingoes, actually, but demonstrate you know the band and, and Broderick's ability to interpret a song. So I'm going to play off the album uh, when a man loves a woman. But uh, remember, it's live, so there's a bit of cheering at the beginning. So you might hear a bit of uh, as it, uh, as we speed up to 33 revs per minute. Uh, we have here tonight an Australian band called the Dingoes. <laughs> they worked that out themselves. Excuse my appendage, my pin tucking. I think this guy's had a few drinks. There's no need to throw things on the floor. <laughs> so boring, Australian people. What about one more song from the Dingoes? I'm prepared to risk my job. What about you? You've got nothing to lose. What about a couple of, um, oh, what's that? One song from the small snivelling toadies. Only if they want it. Only if they want it. You gotta scream a lot, the dingoes. Stamp the floor a lot, right? Jump up and down. Start it. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate it. Too kind. When a man loves a woman, he can't keep his mind on nothing else. But he changed the world for the good thing he's found. She can do no wrong Turn his back on his best friend If he put her down When a man loves a woman Spend his very last dime Trying to hold on To what he needs 
My name's John A. Tate, and I've collected hundreds of songs about footy and sport. So we've put together a program called The Sporting Record, 
Hang on. It's not all about your records, John A. Em and I are also here to cast a critical 3CR eye over all things sport. Join John, James and me every Thursday at 4pm for the Sporting Record. Right here on 855 3CR. Kicking off on Thursday, August 25th at 4 o'clock. Well, we kicked off a long time ago, last August, but um, if I'm going to play a promo for a 3CR show on the half hour, might as well be mine, eh? So that's us, the sporting record, 4 o'clock Thursdays. But this is Sunday, and this is Rotations. My name is John A. Tate, and I'm doing a Broadsmith tribute because he passed away last week, and he's going to leave a hole in the Australian music scene. He was 75. Uh, He said to me... um, uh, not all that long ago, look, I'm 75, he said, uh, can you help me sort out some of my stuff? See, I'm a record dealer in my in my working life. He said, can you help me sell some of these records? He said, I don't want my kids to have them. He said, <laughs> just, uh, I think he uh, was trying to pay his rent as well, so that's what we were doing recently. But, as I said, uh, the first time I met Brod was uh, regarding the the Dingo's Lament book, and he said to me at the time, look, I've got this thing I've been working on, I might get you to help me with it one day. Anyway, a few years later, he eventually came back to me, he said, you know that thing I've been talking about? <laughs> he said, uh, "He said I-, I want to turn it into a book. He said, it's just a lot of stories he's written, and, um, you know, sort of true stories and musings and theories and the whole deal. And he said, I'll send it to you. So he sent it to me. What he sent was a folder of files, and it was a complete mess. It was probably about, I don't know, 40 files um, full of interesting things, but there was no order to them whatsoever. And sometimes they doubled up or tripled up. Uh, there was an early version of something, and then he'd rewritten it, and he'd written another version later. So I guess it was my job to sort it all out and put it into a coherent order and then see where the gaps were and... Uh, encourage him to write a bit more to fill in those gaps. That's what we did. It was good fun, no doubt about that. Um, but he said, <laughs> he said he wanted his first book to be a hardback. I said, oh, God, you know, most writers are lucky to get any sort of a book published, let alone demanding that it be a hardback. But I said, oh, we'll see how we go. And um, he loves the whole genre of country and western uh, the American Wild West, the whole cowboys and Indians genre. Um, and so, as such, we kind of styled it like that. So, for instance, the contents, by the way, the book's called, and you can still get them if you want to get a copy, it's called uh, A Man Out of Time. It's a huge book because <laughs> uh, he got his way. Uh, a publisher in, in Western Australia took it on, gave him a hardback. In fact, there were several versions of it. Uh, um, yeah, it's called Starman Books, Western Australia. I'm sure you can order them online because they're there and it's fabulous. But we, we made the, the chapter titles it, it fit that country and western theme. So, for instance, we had uh, first chapter was From Blighty to the Great Southland in Sleepy Smoky Hollow. Part two, when we were talking about his bands, we said uh, Riding with Adderley Smith. Khaki is the New Blue. That was about his uh, time in Nasho. Sundown at Carson County. <laughs> My Life as a Dingo. 
then when we got into his solo stuff, it was uh, Broadsmith's Big Posse and so forth. <laughs> so uh, where did that leave me? Oh, yes. So uh, one stage I said to him, now, listen, you're going to have to say something about uh, your son Ambrose and King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. I said, if you want the uh, the younger generation to buy your book and read it, you know, you're going to put something in that about it. So this is what he said, and uh, I'll play the King Gizzard thing that uh, that he talks about, where he narrates in a minute. These are Broderick's words. Ambrose now plays in a band called the Murlocs, and another called King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard who are doing real well. King Gizzard is interesting because their charter is to not get tied down with one kind of music and to have fun. Consequently, they've been touring the world for the last five years. This is 2018 he was writing this. And so in 2016, topped the Billboard vinyl charts for about a week. They were at Glastonbury on the B stage in 2015 and Reading in 2016 and sell out 1,500-seaters around the world. Stu McKenzie, the cosmic guru of the group, is a big Western history guy like me. At some point, he got the bright idea of doing a Western-themed track with a spoken narrative for it. And who should he ask but the old guy, me? I found some historical writing about a true incident, and that became Sam Cherry's last shot. Recording it at home, Stu thought it was okay and used it for the album. Then he decided he wanted to do a whole album. So I came up with a story called Eyes Like the Sky. The guys did some great music and limited its initial release to 500 copies that instantly sold out. They even asked me to do a live gig, which I did in Melbourne. But, you know, being a dad, I felt like I was intruding in Ambrose's world. (laughs) Like I was a spy or something. They say old and in the way sprang to mind. It was a lot of fun though when Stu asked me to do a different times to do another one, but I really think the lead character should go to the east this time, maybe to hunt tigers or something. <laughs> so that's what it is. Eyes like the sky. I've got one of those initial release 500 copies, but I think they did re-releases of them, so it's worth getting a hold of. It's actually great. Um, when he, um, I'll tell you this because it sounds a bit weird. Uh, all music written and arranged and recorded and mixed by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard in November 2012 in homes around Anglesey, Geelong, Fairfield, and South Yarra. Broderick Smith wrote the story in Castlemaine and recorded the narration speaking into the mic of his MacBook Pro. <laughs> That's why it sounds like it does. like the sky.
takes place in the hinterlands of the newly formed United States and territories in the years before and after the great conflagration called the Civil War. Men roam and fight each other simply to stay breathing. Muskets give way to repeating rifles. Cannons give way to Gatling guns. More nurtures weapons. Weapons clear the land. for his silent walk and swift economical dispatching of his enemies. If you're wondering what it's all about, I actually had to go to the trouble of <clears throat> printing out all the lyrics because there's ten, ten tracks, I think which tells the whole story to figure out what on earth's going on. So it's actually, uh, just for your interest, it's about a a, a young boy in the Wild West whose family were killed by uh, Apaches, but the children were taken away and brought up in the tribe. So this boy was one of them. And uh, that was that. And then uh, many years later, or several years later, uh, the same thing happened to him in reverse. His his new family were killed by Americans and uh, and the children were brought back and they noticed that this boy had blue eyes. Eyes like the sky. There's the title. And anyway, so this boy was then brought up, uh, you know, in, in white communities. And uh, and the story goes on. Uh, so he's got... He sort of... His upbringing is the best of both worlds because he's learnt to track and hunt and uh, do things. He was taught that by the Apaches and the white people taught him their language and their ways and uh, it reaches an exciting conclusion round about track 10. <laughs> so I'll leave that for you. It's great. I love it. I might, If I've got time, I'll play one more song off that. I'll leave the CD in there. And... Um, but see, Broderick Smith, he would turn up in all sorts of unexpected places. So, for instance, um, there was... Oh, I remember there was an album, a surf album, an uh, iconic Australian surf album called Morning of the Sun. I tried to track, da- track it down, but I, I haven't got a copy. Um, and, you know, it's got a lot of surfing music on it. It was a soundtrack to a movie. And one of the bands playing was a band called Tame and Shud. And they were sort of a hippie, surfy band at the time. Uh when you listen to their songs on the album, you think, hang on, I know that voice. 
And I forget the exact story, but something was wrong with the singer from Talman Shadi. He lost his voice or he was sick or something. So they asked Broderick, who was a friend, to fill in. So you'll hear Broderick Smith's voice on that album. Uh, there was a uh, a concert for Andy Durant, who passed away as a very young man from cancer. He was the guitar player and songwriter for Stars. And it was a pretty good uh, live album, Andy Durant Memorial Concert. And Broderick sang a song there. I think he stole the show, actually. One of Andy Durant's songs. Might have even been a song that the stars hadn't got around to recording called Ocean Deep. Sea forever 
Listening to 855 AM.
as much as I hate to talk over Roderick's wonderful harmonica playing. Uh, that's Carson's Boogie, of course. How could I not get away with playing that today? That's just about it for me. I hope I've done uh, Mr. Smith justice. And uh, I'll finish with a song from his, his final album, which was called uh, Man Out of Time. And it's quite appropriate. The song's called When the Minstrel Passes. When the Minstrel Passes, the gods all raise their glasses. Thank you, Broderick Smith. I'm going to miss you. When the minstrel passes Will we let him go? Will we cover him in flowers? Will tears of sorrow flow? Will we praise him to the heavens? Will we give him his reward? Or will our shining cliches Have us fall upon our sword?